good day, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Chat with Papa Joe. I know it's been a while, and we'll get into that here in a little bit of housekeeping stuff. But uh, well, hang on here. We're gonna we're gonna kick this off here with just a little bit. We're gonna talk about some baseball. All right, everyone. Hey, I know it's been a while, and you know for various reasons, it's been a while. And we might even have to look at some rebranding stuff here and all that kind of stuff. But no, I'm not going away. I'm not giving up. I might take a few more breaks along the way. But, you know, it is what it is and we'll just keep going with it. Uh, I guess first and foremost, kind of parlaying on that and I'll let you make what uh, what it is, you know. But, uh, you know, happy, or, or let's all take a minute and remember that this is Men's Mental Health Month. All right. Now, guys, reach out or women even uh, reach out to the guys. Guys, listen. I'm Gen X. I know how things go. I I know how it is. You know, men got to be men. And like my theory, you know, if a man's not working, his job is to be finding a job, things like that. And there's things that we do and that we grew up with with Generation X. Now, but understand that there was a lot of stuff that we grew up with that wasn't appropriate. So you can't bring everything from the previous generations and you can't put everything in, in the role of, of in defining yourself as a man. You can't use everything 100% all the time. All right. Well, so while we understand and in this show, I try to bring stuff up from the point of view as a grandfather, Generation X, and my my affinity and my deep relations with, with the silent generations and the greatest generations, understand that not all of that stuff needs to be brought forward. And it's been ingrained into us as Generation X. That's one thing the other generations do have is that their ability to, we, we've somehow taught them to say, we're not going to do it that way. Listen to them sometimes. Listen to the millennials. Listen to the new guys. And guys, take care of yourselves. The world is changing. Everything's going to change, and it's changing at a phenomenal speed. And men, you got to take care of yourselves. Your families need you. Your society needs you. we got to have you. And you've got to be in tip-top shape. And I don't mean physically, I mean mentally. You've got to be on the ball. The pressure to do that is 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 astounding. So this month especially, men, take a, take a minute, take pause, and reevaluate yourself. There is nothing wrong with being not okay. I haven't been okay since the 1990s is when I first started seeing mental health counselors and and taking medicine for mental health. And I'm not scared to share it with you. And, I, and if you need to take that step, it's scary. And there's going to be, it's going to feel like whoever it is you're, you're, you're around, is, there's going to be times you're going to feel like nobody is helping you. Nobody's going to take that step with you. I'll do it. I'm here. The Papa Joe family's here. Take that step. Take care of yourself. And, and don't worry about it. It's not a sign of weakness. All right, guys, that's kind of your your uh, your little announcement of, of, of things, and that's kind of how I feel about things and, and about being a man and, and things like that. So so take it for what it's worth, and let's move on with with this. And like I say, I'm not moving on half-heartedly, guys. Really, we got to stick together. Now, because of the big tech companies and because of a lot of other things, there's been a lot of uh, things going on in, in my universe as, as far as this podcast goes that has to do with uh, with raising kids and all that, you know, and, and I'll apologize even though it wasn't all my fault. And there's a lot of episodes that just went down the drain, so we'll try to pick those up and, and incorporate them in here. But the biggest part of my life this past uh, spring and, and up until recently has been baseball. Now, Little League Baseball, I call it Little League. They call it Rec League around here. 
there's I, I've learned this year that there are so many different names for the leagues and the the tournaments and everything else. Here's what happened. Y'all know, and, and Baby Josh, he's not here, so I'm going to call him Baby Josh. He's not here to chastise me about it. So, <laughs> but here's the thing, you know, and like I've said before, his his socializing and what he he's his strength play to right now as a as a 11 year old boy is sports. Uh, Declan didn't didn't go in that direction, and and uh, Kimberly didn't. Cody did kind of sports are an important thing if they're used properly and so i I'm, I'm a firm believer of doing it and using it as a learning tool and a growing tool and a socialization tool so josh has always played as long as, as as he's you know done the typical thing keep your grades up be a healthy normal boy help out with your chores things like that and I signed up to be an assistant coach, I, and I was kind of, of hoping that the coach from last year would, would move up. I'm, I didn't. We didn't think about it. His kids aren't old enough to move up to the next league. you got to move up every two years to another age group. Since my name was on there for to sign up for assistant coach, I was going to pair up with Landon. It didn't, it didn't work out. The thing is, is they had enough kids for two teams. Now, imagine this here. There is 26 kids out there. That means there's 26 sets of parents out there that, that were allowing their kids and wanting their kids to play ball. They had no coaches, none. They called me and another an, another uh, gentleman named David, and they asked us to coach. And David stepped up because he he had a, a good network and all that stuff through the, the playing football and, and all that. And they called me. They had to call me like three times. Before I finally said yes, I was very ambivalent about it because I love baseball. Look, if you want your kid to learn baseball or to be exposed to baseball, you put them around a, a an Irishman from New York. We're going to expose them to baseball. However, can I coach a team? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Well, and they finally asked me to do it, and we went in there, and, and Dave and I split the kids up, and little did I know that it, it was going to be a little bit stacked, because all those kids that he that he specifically asked for were all already a tight-knit group. But I got I got my kids, and of course, baby Josh is on my team, and I had Andon, Dakota, Connor, Zane, Matthew, Ryder, Houston, Diesel, Tommy, and Trey, and we got together, and we practiced the best I could. I, I used YouTube. I took input from the other parents, things that I knew, and I knew the basic skills going into this. And there was a lot of questions about about my coaching style and 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 what I did. Uh, just to just to let you know, I knew right away that we were at basically a a, a I call it a developmental um, a developmental disadvantage. The other kids from the other teams and and that I saw were physically bigger and. We're talking eleven and twelve year old boys. They're not going to be this age or this this height. They're not going to be in this physical appearance forever. They're going to change. I'll bet you in the next three years, I could walk up to one of these kids and not even recognize them if I didn't keep in contact with them. Any one of these kids, they're going they're going to grow. But I also knew that there's some things that we had to do. And my, first and foremost, I wanted to use that time to teach them some skills to you know that are going to help them out overall in life and and not that I'm I'm not a life coach and, and that's really not my job but I'm not definitely not going to hamper it I'm not going to I'm not going to stick a you know a stumbling block in for parents that are trying to do the same thing but I'm going to try to teach them because some of these kids are not going to go further 
They're not going to go past a recreational league or a little league. They're not going to go play ball for the school. Some, as much as they might want to, they're going to move on to other things. So let's not use this as wasted time and let's start teaching them like I've always taught with Papa Joe. Let's have the team concept. Teach them that, that team concept. And, and, and our team motto right from the beginning was, I got your back. You're not going to be the best first baseman. You're not at this level. Don't hold yourself to that, that standard. You're not going to be the best shortstop. You're not going to be the best fielder. You're not going to be the best batter, even the, the catcher. You're not going to be the best. You're not going to catch every ball, you know, and, and the, the analogy that I use that I, I preach to them that I, you know, I preach, I told the parents when they're trying to hold their kids to a standard, look at in baseball, a perfect hitting score is a 500. That's a point five zero zero. That means that you have only a, a perfect score means you have hit half of the hittable balls that were thrown across that base. And you need to understand that, that even to be perfect, you're still going to drop half of what you do. So don't hold yourself to that standard, but you still need to keep going. You know, 100% is not achievable. And we always teach kids, you got to teach kids, oh, got to be perfect, got to be perfect, got to be perfect. No, you got to be the best that you can be. And if the best that you can be is a batting score of 0.0003, then that is the standard that you need to be held to. And that's the standard you need to achieve and try to get a little better each time. But you may never be a 500. You may never be a 500 uh, hitter. You're going to drop balls. So if you're on a team and where you where you make your plays, where you stop the bad things happening in life is you form a community or a team that has your back. You may you may not you may overthrow the ball in the first baseman Houston on first base may miss that ball. But if Ryder comes out of right field and he's standing behind him, the team has met its objective. The runner is either out or he's going to be stopped at first base. And they learned that lesson in one of our early games when Ryder and um Ryder and Diesel were out there they hit a pop fly to the outfield, and everybody knows in Little League you hit a pop fly to outfield, that's an easy second or third base, if not a home run. Oh boy, hit that out there. Diesel and Ryder rifled that that son of a gun in, got it right into uh, Dakota, boom, right to Houston, and they held the guy on first base. Boom, I got your back. Who made that play? While Houston's standing there holding the ball, going to get the glory, he held the guy on first, but who made that play? All the guys that had his back. And that's what I wanted to teach them. And it took them a while to, to get to that. And it took them a while to, to figure that out because the next thing that we that we worked on every day that I wanted to try to work on was to let them know as you get older, and I tried to impress upon the parents too, to, there's nothing wrong with, with not moving to the next level. Your kid's not a failure. You're not a failure or anything else. But you have to evaluate the environment that they are going in. And that's and that really makes it hard because it's heartbreaking to the kids. They want to keep going, especially if you're like baby Josh and you've moved up all the time. It's a difficult conversation to have, but maybe, maybe they they, they don't need to be playing anymore. And I'm not saying these kids don't. Um I think every one of these kids has the ability to to, to play this team sport for at least another two, three years. But you have to keep that. Yet one thing you have to keep in mind is the environment you're going in, and as you move up, it's not going to be the same as last year. 
It's not going to be the same as before. You start out in T-ball where people don't care if you're out there picking your nose on in shortstop. People don't care as you, you know, as you move up, it's going to require more and more from you coming from your heart, more focus. The, these kids that are moving up in all sports are living, eating, and breathing at some level that sport. And the kids that stay with it, that stay in that arena, are going to be at that level because that is their thing. And then, and to give you a good example, that's kind of why Declan backed out. He's 16 now. His heart's into car racing. He wants to, he, he's, he's a dirt track demon. And that's where he wants to be. That's where he wants to go. And although his friends and everything are, are playing ball, he's not. There's nothing wrong with that. And he, and we've made him comfortable in those shoes. There's nothing wrong with that. But Declan, if you want to go play ball at that level, you need to understand that your discipline, and your thinking is going to have to change. And so that's what I encourage. I would encourage all of our parents to, to, to take a look at that. Look at, you know, not just what your kid wants to do. Every kid, when, when you grow up, every high schooler wants to go to college. Everybody wants to be a doctor. Everybody wants to be a lawyer. Understand the arena that you're getting into. When you come and play ball for Coach Joe, I'm going to expect a certain level out of you. And when you don't perform at that level, I'm going to do whatever I can to try to get you to that level. And if you can't perform, I'm going to encourage you to, to find something that your heart is into. If your heart is into fishing, join the fishing team. Stay fit farming, stay farming. If your heart's into chess, play chess. If it's into club sports, teams, and all that. At some point, you can't keep dividing yourself because the arena that you're going into as you get older is going to expect you to be 100% devoted to them. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to your team to expect you to do 100% this and you're only given 50%. Well, I'm going to keep demanding 100. When you come to the baseball field, I'm going to demand 100. 50% of your, of your mind is on the video game at home. It makes it really rough for you, it makes it rough for me, it makes it rough for the team. It's not fair to anybody. So as so parents, is that that's one lesson that I've learned as a coach this year. And I don't know if I'm gonna coach next year. Um it's kinda it's kinda rough and I'm a little bit disgruntled with the league. Um well I'll be downright honest with you if anybody from Elma, Arkansas is listening. Who who thought to put a baseball field in bottomlands without a drainage system? Uh, why? Why would you put baseball fields, a whole baseball uh, complex, a whole baseball complex into the bottomlands? For those of you that don't know, when you get out to the country in the rural area, the bottomlands are the lands that flood and the and and that they're in like basically a flood zone. And they're excellent if you're a farmer. Bottomlands is what you want. Yeah, you stand a risk of being flooded sometimes, but that river enriches that soil. And that if you can't grow in the bottomlands, you can't. You got no business farming. The only thing that should stop you should be a should be the, the the flooding. That land is so rich that river is pulling stuff up there. In Alma, Arkansas, they that's where they put the baseball diamonds for the baseball complexes in the bottomlands with no drainage. How many games do you think we played, and how many practices did we get in? Boy, I was fighting to find a field to practice in. So I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it to coach again on that level. However, these boys have <laughs> these boys stole my heart. Every one of these boys pulled it out, and I'm proud of that. We didn't win a game. Well, we didn't play very many games. We really did. We played most of the games in the beginning, and we were against bigger kids that that had you know a whole different skill set. And these kids, by the end of the year, 
were running three man drills, throwing from their throwing from their knees. I had no doubt that that they could that they could throw a runner out at second base. The they were throwing their their base throwing was freaking phenomenal, freaking phenomenal. My guy that went to uh, All State or uh, All Stars was Dakota. I could put him anywhere now. I could, I could put him anywhere and he'd play anything. He wanted to be a pitcher this first year pitching. He's got some work to do with the pitching, but with all that. And Tommy came in and, and thought he was he was he was gonna be pretty good because he'd played before in some in some bigger leagues. Tommy had some growing experiences. Yeah, Tommy came out really good, Trey Ryder. But I'm gonna give a shout out to the to one guy in particular, Diesel. Diesel, my, my boy Diesel. My boy Diesel came in and uh he'd never played before on a team. Of course, by 11, 12 years old, you know, you've obviously played backyard ball, you know, throwing the ball around like that. Come in and, and his dad, his dad, Luke worked with him and, and worked with him really hard. And he listened, he came in like a sponge and he wanted to hear and he wanted to learn. That kid came in and, and his first few times throwing and his few, first few times at bat, I was like, Oh my God, what, what do I, what do I do? Because I don't want to hurt his feelings. But I'm, you know, and then the next time, you know, I tell him, hey, throw the ball straight. That ball went straight. You know, for, for first timers, Diesel and, and and my boy Matt, they were they were just straight up sponges. Where Whatever I said to do, they did. And then their dads took them home and they worked on it and they come back. And my, my star shortstop, Matthew, was the same way. And those two, Diesel and Matt, holy crap, you would think. That they'd been playing team baseball for for their whole life. I'll tell you what, guys. If all of them, Andon, Connor, Connor, my my catcher, Connor and baby Josh were the catchers. Holy cow! Connor, Connor is like three foot nothing. Weighs like five pounds, soaking wet, taking those catches like it was cool. And he set a very high bar for himself. And you could tell when the pitcher's getting out of hand. Connor getting starting to he's starting to melt down a little bit. But boy, he stuck it out. He stuck it out with injuries and everything else. Zane, oh my God. Let me tell you about Zane. Zane, Zane took, was up at bat, and he took a hit in the side from a pitcher who must have been throwing a $200 or 200 mile an hour fastball. I I happened to look away for a second. I'm trying to get, get the guys in right field squared away and, and, and center field squared away. And there was a thump and you could feel it. You, you could just feel that hit. And he, t- and and I turn around, and there he is on the ground. He took a hit that sent him to the hospital. I thought for sure he had broken ribs. I thought for sure he had broken ribs with possibly <laughs> maybe an old partially collapsed lung. He was hit hard. And guess who finished out the season for us on the pitching mound? Good job, Zane. Andon, I don't know who turned his on switch on, but they left it on in his last in the last half of the season. First half of the season, you can't keep track of the boy. The last half. But you know what I credit it to? Andon's dad is a Yankees fan, just like me. Go Yankee. And Trey. Trey, I've seen Trey play before. And and I knew it, it took me a while to recognize who his mom was. I knew his mom from the school. But it, I've seen Trey play before. And when you can get Trey, Trey and Houston are, are almost like, like, like brothers out there. When you can get them to play and get their head in the game, there's no better infielders than, than those two. Those guys are just, are, are just awesome. They, Throw straight, hit straight, but when they're turned off, those two were my challenge. But I got them. I got them though. And uh, and and just for the just just for the record for Houston, Houston, if you ever hear this, 
I tallied it all up, Houston, and you still owe me three candy bars. Just saying. But that's that's where I want you guys to I want you guys to know. I mean, that was a shout out. That's me bragging on my team and and the lessons that we learned. And the lessons that we learned are invaluable. I had my assistant coaches, uh, Rusty, uh, Zane's parents, uh, Jessica and Alex. Luke came in and and helped out a, a lot. You can't do this on your own. And and like I've always preached, and, and from day one, I need your help. I need your help. And these guys had my back. Those guys had my back. And kids, if you ever hear this, look at the coaching staff. We had each other's backs. You guys had each other's backs. It, it just, it is what it is. We, we didn't win any games, but we had a winning season. And I think each one of those boys grew up a little bit. Know what to expect when they roll in next year. And if I do coach, they'll know what happens when they see me hollow my fat butt out there on the field. They'll know what's coming. Don't know what's coming, and I might even up it a little bit more. But parents, utilize these times with, with your with your kids, not just because the kids want to have fun, and that's what Papa Joe is is telling you. This is these these things that for adolescents, and they never were meant to for kids to have fun. They are tools for helping you raise your kids. And unfortunately, I see a lot of a lot of parents, not from my team, thank God, but I see a lot of parents around, and I've seen it before on. Uh, on baby Josh's team and when Declan played where it's a, I'll drop the kid off you and then I'll pick him up in an hour or two hours and here teach my kid and especially as you get older coaches uh people in the military people at work they're not there to raise your kids they're there to capitalize on how you raised your kids that's why I'm so proud of these guys and that's why each one of these parents need to need to give themselves a pat on the back because I didn't do anything special. None of us coaches did. We tweaked some of their skills and we identified some skills and found ways to to bring them along. But but sports is just one. Now you're going to hear me downplay sports in in, in some more episodes, but if they're because they're not used properly. But sports are a team building event, and it teaches them how to socialize. It puts kids under pressure to learn how to get along. It was it was really hard, like the relationship between a pitcher and a catcher, and and sometimes the catcher just throws his his hand down or. You know, he's mad because the pitcher is out of hand and the pitcher is, no, you've got, you two have to learn to communicate and not just talk. You've got to learn how to use your body language. You two have to communicate, understand when one's having a bad day, it's okay to have a bad day. I'm going to have to work a little harder because he's got a bad day or let him know I'm having a bad day. You've got to work a little harder if this team is going to progress. Those are things that kid that you have to get out there on the field. It's not just about the win. And if you're one of those parents that's just always looking for the winning coach, you need to reevaluate yourself. These kids need to learn to work together and they, they need to be put into pressure because you can lecture them all you want. You can lecture the kids and lecture them and lecture them and talk to them and, and you can teach it anti-bullying. You can teach stuff in school, lectures and all that. Until they get together in these social settings, they are never going to, it's never going to, uh, it's never going to come to fruition. They're not going to understand. It's just another lecture from another old man, another old woman you don't understand. Get them together. Make them work hard. Make them, make them be uncomfortable and work through that and, and keep it, keep it going with these sports. Utilize these times for that, not just for the win. Watch your kids out there in the field. How are they acting when they're losing? How are they acting when they're winning? Are they are they going over to the to the losing team? Or are they talking to the losing team saying, look, man, I'm hitting it where the hole is. You might want to fill that hole. Or it looks like you guys are arguing. You guys might want to get together. 
Instead, of, or are they coming back to the dugout going, huh, look at we kicked their butt, huh? No, you learn to be graceful, learn to become a mature adult about things, and always get each other's back. Because bottom line is, is these kids are going to move on. They're going to be adults, and they are going to be those coworkers that you look at now and go, where did you learn that? I hate this work environment because my people, my 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 team at work is just, they're a bunch of morons. Well, maybe they didn't learn. Their parents didn't take that time to teach them when you're in a team environment. They didn't take that time. They were more focused on getting that kid a scholarship than they are about, hey, we have some interdepartmental rivalries. We have some personality conflicts going on. How do we make them work together? Well, hello, hello. We got that opportunity now to teach these kids this. Teach them now. The baseball field, the football field, the soccer field, the cheerleading, whatever it is, the chess club, you're going to get those those rivalries, those angsts, those personality conflicts. Teach them now. And when they get to the workforce or get to be voting adults or they get to be parents, they will know how to bring their team together and they will have to learn, hey, this guy I have to yell at. This guy I can't yell at. I'm going to have to, this is going to be uncomfortable, but I'm going to have to approach that guy and say, this ain't working out. Can we? Can we do something different? All right, y'all. We went a little bit long on that one, but that's all right. And like I say, we're gonna we're gonna try to to get back with you more and more. But good time, good job to the Elma Green team, eleven and twelve year old, and and good luck to anybody else that's moving on to tournaments and moving on to wherever you are. Basic basic basket weaving, whatever it is. Don't worry about being the best. You be the best you, and you learn how to be a part of a team, and that is being the best, not that trophy. All right, I love y'all, and like we always do, let's, let's bow our heads for a safe summer, safety for our kids, especially in today's world. Hold them close. Hold those kids close. Pray to whatever it is you pray to, the mushroom, the rock, Jesus Christ, Muhammad, whoever it is you pray to, get those kids together and teach them. A little bit of help from above does wonders down below. 